Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show on Tour. Currently sat in a hotel room in beautiful Seattle, Washington, where tonight we're going to be heading to Thursday Night Football between the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. What a game that is going to be. We're going to preview that coming up later on the show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter sat here in room 216 of the Holiday Inn, you know, just in case anyone wants to make a, any kind of pilgrimage here <laughs> to come and see where this podcast was recorded. Uh, I'm sure they will give you access to the room if no one's staying in it. Um, uh, today's show is going to be um, one where we, we look back on our travels so far. We look back on our time at the uh, Stanford game, at Chargers Raiders, uh, Giants 49ers, and we bring you interviews with uh, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, from the Giants, Saquon Barkley and Landon Collins, plus Skybet will join us, we'll preview Thursday Night Football, all to come on the show. Uh, Ollie, we're now almost a week into this thing, how are you feeling at the moment? I think my voice is broken. Didn't yeah. help the whole singing pretty much every tune on the karaoke bus ride that we had uh, coming up from Northern California, well, California through Oregon and then into Washington and now Seattle. I've had a great time. I mean, it's just been brilliant. Everybody, bar none on the trip, is just stand up brilliant and they all bring different things to the trip. Jokers, you've got straight guys you've got two scotch guys scottish guys sorry apologies we've been calling them scotch and they've been taking it rather well um i didn't realize that was a term of offense apparently it is oh well there you go yep so yeah it's just been it's just been superb i don't know what you think about it yeah the um the thing about the singing on the bus uh mc craig gurney the guy who uh, has been djing for us i know I keep, people keep calling him mc even though he's done nothing on the mic which <laughs> yeah. from a purely uh <laughs> pedantry point uh, has been winding me up but otherwise um it's uh we've been doing this game where everyone on the coach requests a song for a playlist and uh and the second day we did two songs one guilty pleasure one banger and you have to guess who picked which song and uh it, it leads to like it's a really good bonding experience yeah. everyone kind of got into it you learn about people uh, it was yeah it was really really good fun so I thought that was great and actually considering we've been on a coach for the last two days for what about 16 or so hours in total between San Francisco and Seattle with a stop in Ashland which by the way Oregon what a place oh it's so oh. beautiful isn't it oh you just drive up and down that motorway all day long. It's fantastic. And we stopped off in Ashland and we went to a brewery tour. That also may have uh, uh, been something to do with why our voices are in the state that they're in, um, which was brilliant. I ended up... Silly purchases have been part of this tour so far. Amazing what you've just bought. I, I just bought a neon sign for the bar. Why not? Because, you know, that's obviously going to definitely get in my luggage and not be a weight problem. Um, <laughs> so. And that's definitely not going to affect other people very close to you that then have potentially a weight problem in their own luggage. Oh, come on, buddy. Come well, on, you know, buddy. You know, uh, not all heroes wear capes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, yeah, some are balding with beards. Uh, see how I said balding? That was nice, wasn't it? Why are you being like this? <laughs> Honestly. Um, and, and then while we were on the coach yesterday, which, well, while we were at lunch, actually, at uh, the Black Bear Diner in uh, Reading, we, uh, but with two Ds, spelt a way that Ollie can't change it to Reading. I can, yeah, it, but it's Red Ding. Yeah? Yeah, that's what I call it, Red Ding. Okay, mate. 
Okay, moving on. Um, we found out the news that the Chiefs-Rams game is going to be moved back from Mexico City to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, a city that we are flying out at 9pm that night. It's a 5.20 kickoff. There's no way of us going and no. making our flight. So after some heeing and whoring, seven people on the tour, including me and Ollie, have decided to stay. It was the right call. Pay for the flight eat the cost, and go and watch two nine-and-one juggernauts going head-to-head. We will do a preview podcast uh, on Friday, probably from Los Angeles, uh, which will come out Saturday morning, uh, which we'll, uh, we'll look forward to all of the weekend's games. But, yeah, the fact that we're now doing that game as well, it just tops off what has already been an unbelievable trip. In terms of what that decision actually was, I mean, we had this this... Uh, rumour coming out that some of the players were going to refuse to play on that pitch, yeah. on that surface, on that field, as the Americans would say. Uh, the fact that this has been moved back from Mexico to Los Angeles, a city that itself is having its troubles right now with the wildfires not too far away from it, the Rams not able to train in their own facility for, over concerns over air quality, something we saw in, uh, in Oakland with the Raiders this past weekend, although brilliantly... Chargers defensive lineman Corey Leggett did you see his uh, his quote on it no somebody asked him in the locker room afterwards whether the smoky atmosphere affected their play at all and he went well it was a slightly different smell to the marijuana smell we normally get when we come <laughs> to get into <laughs> Oakland <laughs> amazing that's, that's actually brilliant in Oakland um, we were in the press box and it's a really old school press box great fun but uh, sat a couple of rows in front of us was one of the worst human beings on the trip. <laughs> I forgot about Ollie's hate of this guy. The fact that he then turned up in the 49ers. Uh, I couldn't believe it. He <laughs> press is, box as well. He's a human wrecking ball in the press box. You meant to add with a bit of decorum. You meant to um, be profesh- professional. Not really bo- bother other people by being loud or you know talking to them all the time. This guy was all of those things and more. And even when he was doing updates, by the way, on the phone. He was still rubbish and reeling off stats. And then he turned up the next day at the, at the 49ers. And when he left, the people at the 49ers sat near and around him, behind him and what, or whatnot. They all just shook their heads going, can't believe that guy. Dreadful. <laughs> I wish that I've, I figured out who, what, who he was so I can... I wouldn't troll the guy on Twitter, but... It's fair know. to say Ollie's a fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm Currently in the process, Ollie, of applying for the credentials for that game on Monday. But you know what? Even if by hook or by crook we have to, <laughs> we don't get granted them. We have to go in the stands. Not a problem. We might not get interviews, but whoa, I just want to be at that game. Yeah. Um, how embarrassing is it for the NFL to have to move that game back from Mexico to Los Angeles? Oh, the, the whole international series are a beacon for the NFL of, of, of promotion and um, and PR. And the fact that it's had to be moved, by the way, from a stadium that uh, Jason, who's on our tour, who went to the uh, Mexico game, I think it was the Raiders playing last year, uh, two years, sorry, ago. um, He said that um, the stadium is decrepit for fans, let alone for the players. And didn't they have two rock concerts and a football game or the other way around, two soccer games and a rock concert just days before leading up to this, to the NFL heading over there and and, and sort of requisitioning this this stadium and for that to to be allowed to happen is an absolute shambles and I'm not sure well the NFL had no choice but to move it back to Los Angeles yeah I I think you're absolutely right they didn't have any choice about it it just 
you know, with, there's talk about whether a team could be in Mexico in the future. This does set them back. We thought not having the Tottenham Stadium available set us back. Just think about how lucky we are that there was the fullback of Wembley available to the NFL. Twickenham is a place you can't get games done at short notice because the local council are very difficult about scheduling the number of different events you have there every year. So, yeah, massively embarrassing for the NFL. Uh, let's just talk about a couple of the other bits of, uh, of news that have come up uh, in the last couple of days. Le'Veon Bell officially now not reporting this season. James Conner practised in full on Wednesday uh, and uh, I imagine will do so again today on Thursday. So he's recovered from his concussion, ready for this weekend's game with the Jaguars. Big news for the Steelers, that one. Uh, but Le'Veon Bell... He's, this might be the most ill-advised holdout in, in the history of, of holdouts. He's cost himself, what, $18 million? And... You've got to think that as much as he thinks he's protected his body or body, or that's the claim that he's making, he probably won't even make that in additional money over the next four years in order to have made the whole thing made sense in the first place. I think when he saw that James Conner was playing well, he should have got back at that team ASAP because you knew that they were ready, would be ready to cut bait after maybe week four, week five. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, the, the way this is all protracted and been so long longly drawn out um it it doesn't look good on him and if you're an organization all right you you've got the cap space you've got uh you've got the need for a running back almost all of the teams needed a guy like Le'Veon Bell on the field but off the field it doesn't look good on him uh Big Ben has come out and said I texted him um that, that day asking him if he was going to show up didn't even reply to him so there, there are a series of not cool things. I didn't really like that the, the Steelers ransacked his locker because obviously he's not coming back in to pick up all of his stuff. He doesn't want to even be in the building. It's, um, it's not looked good on anyone, really. All right, he thinks he's worth the money, but if no one's going to pay you that money, you have to bring your price down. Mm-hmm. It's like a house, selling a house. If the house isn't worth what you think it's worth, then you've got to sell it for less and... That's going to be what happens with Le'Veon Bell. There's rumours that it will go to the, the Jets could land him. I think the Colts have got a load of cap, cap space as well. I don't think the Browns are potentially an option given Nick Chubb's um, breakout there. So it's um, it will be a really intriguing thing to see where he lands and where he ends up. I, I my kind of feeling and my, my belief on it is when that comes to all of that though are, are you going to be a contender at any of those places like honestly it, are any of those going to represent the right kind of move for you personally well I, I d- don't believe so I doubt it he, he seems like a guy that wouldn't want to go to the Midwest in Indianapolis the Jets are a dumpster fire uh, Oakland maybe moving to Vegas but then who wants to see who want Gruden is um and as we'll talk about Gruden has sullied his reputation as a as an NFL coach so I don't know it, it seems like an impossible situation for Lev Bell uh moving on the only other kind of bit of news I saw this week we we talked about this a lot on the tour but the uh the Des Bryant injuring himself doing his Achilles we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week they bring in Brandon Marshall as the other alternative uh, you know Brandon Marshall showed a few flashes in the first three four weeks of the season for the Seahawks there's a little bit of the uh, the old magic there uh, big body guy maybe third fourth choice receiver I mean we saw that the 
the incentives in the uh, reported Des Bryant deal were not huge. They were, you know, 250, 300, 400 catches to get his incentives. So I don't think they're expecting a huge amount of production out of it. But you know, when a 9-1 uh, and one team, when a team that are absolutely flying go and make a move like that, it catches some attention. It doesn't. I think the whole point is to get the double coverage off of Michael Thomas. And it, it, when you have someone like uh, Brennan Marshall, six foot four, tight end size, but with receivers' hands in that end zone, you've got to cover him as well. So that leaves maybe a little bit more space for Michael Thomas. I, I think it's a, a decent move. There is another piece of, uh, of acquisition news, Willie. Go on. After Chandler Cantanzaro was cut by the Bucks, they have just signed to the Bain, Kaido <laughs> Santos, yeah. back in the league. Woo. <laughs> Hashtag shit watch. How delighted are you? Uh, thrilled. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we are going to be contacting them today to arrange an interview, I assume. 100%. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. Um, I don't really know where to go from that, Ollie. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just a bit of acquisition news. Why are you being like this? It's great work. It's it's great work. I apologise. I should never mock you or, or, or deride you in any way. You're a wonderful man. Well... So, I mean, you heard from us at Stamford, and we had a great time at the, the first game we went to, the college game. It wasn't well attended, their last home game of the season, although we got, got on the field at the end. and, and Everybody got on the field. Everyone which got on the great. field as they, as they sung the college song in the corner, and uh, everyone got to throw the ball around on, a, on an actual college field. And I think people, you know, that, those experiences are the ones that... You know, people really take away. They get great photos. They get to, you know, run some routes into the end zone while Ollie tosses the ball up to them, nearly knock over small children yeah, yeah. who are doing the same, kick a field goal, nearly knocking over small children who are doing the same. Basically being typical Brits abroad yeah, and 100%. Irish. Yeah. It was great, though. It was really good fun being on the field. Um, it just you, you just don't expect it. And that's it was just awesome. It was awesome. So are we going to, um, I think we'll talk about, uh, well, Sunday we went to the Raiders game, we went to tailgated at the bad, <laughs> the bad boys of barbecue tailgate. Oh, that, that teriyaki beef. Oh, wasn't oh it wonderful? Oh my God. Wasn't it wonderful? Um, and we saw uh, the Raiders Chargers game, which uh, finished the uh, San Diego Chargers 20, the, the, the Raiders 6, and well, we, we brought you the... Um, we brought you a little report from uh, from Fieldside, so you can go and find that out on Twitter where we kind of broke down all the information. I think the big takeaways for me is that Philip Rivers shows why he's considered one of the best of, of all time, why he's considered a, a conversation for second best quarterback to have not won a Super Bowl after Dan Marino. Um, and I'd love to see, if, if we're going to see a team make it through who I have no rooting interest in. I would love to see him getting the opportunity at the Chargers, uh, with the Chargers to go back. You know, his only one AFC Championship game, he played through a torn ACL. Mm. Uh, they would be a great team to see in the Super Bowl. And, and this weekend, they might be getting Joey Bosa back. But I, the slight concern for me, or well, two slight concerns, their special teams aren't great and their offense aren't finishing drives often enough, which... When you're playing a team like the Raiders who can't score points, might be fine. But, you know, when you've got to play the Chiefs or the Patriots or the Steelers come divisional weekend, come championship weekend, those are those games where they're going to be able to capitalise on their offensive drive. So you better capitalise on yours. Yeah, absolutely. And um, their offence is, 
is absolutely stacked. Melvin Gordon, those wide receivers, the Williams brothers and not brothers and uh, Keenan Allen, um, Austin Eckler, who we'll hear from in a, in a moment as well. They're, they're so balanced on that offense. Defensively, I don't, I'm not sure that you could really take too much into how they played, given just how bad the Raiders are. And the Raiders are, are they're an interesting team at the moment because it, it looked like they didn't care and they weren't playing for uh, Phil Gruden. You notice that Derek Carr spent a lot of the t- his time on his own, just standing on his own. Hugely, yeah. Um, Off to the side, not interacting with other members of the team. Not, uh, yeah, honestly, wasn't a great look by any stretch of the imagination. No, it wasn't. And their defence is, is shoddy. Their offence is it's barely stuttering. It's not even getting started. So they're an absolute mess on the field, off the field as well. The, t- the, the fans, it was still pretty busy, but we're speaking to some of the fans and they feel let down by the organization that um, not only do they not get to see Khalil Mack and they then see what he's doing up in Chicago, but they're taking the team away from uh, not the best part of the country and a, a part of the country that really relies on the team. I know they've got the A's and it's great to see the, the stadium, the Coliseum decked out with some of the A's regalia as well. But um, when the Golden State Warriors are, will be moving to back to closer to San Francisco, it, it's really sad for that part of the world that they're going to be losing two teams and the Raiders is such an iconic one as well. Um, yeah, not just... <laughs> Not just iconic, but the, the, it's the fan base. The fan base is so great, and we experienced yeah. that on Sunday. They are so dedicated to their team. It didn't matter that they were one and seven. They're there every week. They're making noise. They're getting involved. You know, it's the best attended and, and behaved for game that I've ever been for for a team who are that deep in a hole. Um, I'm actually saying that the 49ers on Monday night. Also, I thought, well, particularly when we're in the lower bowl. Well attended for a Thursday night game, really loud crowd, generally really good, kind of a lot of salt of the earth fans in this part of the world, considering that the Bay Area has been so gentrified and and the house pricing has gone so high and Silicon Valley, the boom and everything over the last 25, 30 years has has taken San Francisco in a very different direction. Those teams still are a bastion of the local community for those people who have been there for years and years and, and... it was noticeable that, you know, a majority of the people that we spent time with in the tailgate were, you know, they weren't tech guys. They weren't a kind of, they, they were all, so all they worked are. in the service industry. They all worked in yeah. construction. They all worked in, and, you know, the, the teams are so va- so valuable to the communities here that you would have loved to have seen Oakland try to get something done to keep us. I'm going to be, the Oco is a, it's not a great stadium. We saw it. It is a big concrete mass. Yeah. But it's a great place to watch football yeah. because it just generates atmosphere. And I, I know some people might not be a biggest fan, but I'm going to miss it when it's out of the NFL. You noticed something interesting as John Gruden was walking off the field? Yeah, I mean, got a pretty good reaction. Amazing. Like, uh, still getting people chanting him, still getting people looking for signatures. And I guess those are the people who stay right to the end to see the players off the field, down by the tunnel, not the people who have left by the kind of mid of the fourth quarter when it's clear the comeback is not on. 
Um, oh, Joe Flacco still didn't practice yesterday. We've got NFL Network on in here. Ooh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Lamar. Uh, we'll, Lamar, baby. We'll preview the weekend coming up. Look, um, so, yeah, Gruden's still being given time by the hardcore fans. Uh, it does. I, th- I think the way that Raider Bob said it to me best was this team aren't playing for Oakland anymore. They're playing for Vegas now. That's their asset stripping. They're looking to pick up draft picks. They care about being good in three years' time when they get to Vegas, not now while they're playing in Oakland or next year well, when that's, they're nomadic. That's heartbreaking, isn't it, really? Yeah. Should we hear from the Chargers, though? Because I thought the Chargers were excellent defensively. <laughs> yeah. Derwin James was brilliant. Get, showing Derwin James his... Uh, his feature in Gridiron Magazine. We got him to sign a copy and he took a copy and he described it as straight fire. That's he absolutely awesome. loved it. Yeah, he did. And it was genuine as well. And I think he it was um, he was pleased to see us. I think he recognised us both. How could he not recognise you, really? And um, the, the Chargers locker, locker room, it wasn't buoyant because it wasn't that kind of victory, but they were a happy bunch. And uh, we spoke to a load of them. Uh, should we, who should we start with? Derwin. Start with Derwin James, then you'll hear Austin Eckler, and then at the end, Keenan Allen. Three interviews that we did on Sunday night at the Raiders game, uh, just for a little bit of Chargers love. Uh, first of all, holding a brand new copy of Gridiron magazine, which has got you in as a next-gen superstar, and, and yet again you come up with big plays to stop a divisional right? Uh, that, that was good. I want to come out today and you know get a W, and um, uh, like I said, we wanted to get 7-2 and um, get some momentum coming into this next game. What's it like coming here and playing at somewhere like the Coliseum? Cause they're going to play tough. It's going to be chippy. It's going to be. It's a rivalry. I mean, you can see a lot of it was a lot of pushing and shoving going around. It's, it's just one of those things playing against these guys. A little bit chippy in that fourth court. We saw a little bit towards the end there, even when it's right at the end of the game. But I guess that shows that there's fire even when you're two scores up and you know the game's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that lets you know this is a game of football. And like I say, people are very passionate about the game, especially me. I'm passionate about. You know, like I said, it's part of the game. Talk me through that fourth down stop on the first in the first quarter because that really set the stall out for your defense. Oh, that was uh, it was we, we was in the man to man and um, we knew what they like to do down there and um, like I said uh, when I seen the jet sweep I knew it was coming. Um, get off the, get off the, uh, get off my man and go make the play. People want to ask you about Melvin Ingram. That's What's my your- dog right there. <laughs> hey, that's a straight dog right there. I mean, he work hard every day. Um, like I say, a leader on this team, and um, like I say, man, I'm happy to have him on my, on my team. You know what I'm saying? We well, get that strip sank. You get the the big guys up front carrying the ball, and you've still got Joey to come back as well. Yeah, it's gonna be I fun. Mean, it, it, it's gonna be fun. Like I say, it's gonna be scary. And like I say, man, this team this team is unbelievable, especially this defense. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Is it the best in the AFC? Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm here with Austin Eckler. Great win for you guys, and uh, seven and two. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, it's good to keep our streak going, but we're coming here for the win. Now, on to next week. Next week is uh, the Broncos. It's a divisional game. How important is it to to go away from there with another big win? Just as important as this one was, you know. <laughs> Just coming in the week with the same attitude, you know. Right now, we're in a spot. We're trying to trying to race for the top, and we're in a position where we can do so. And so, you know, that's the, that's the mindset, especially in these divisional games. You had a big uh, potential touchdown and another big first down taken away from you for let's just say some infractions on the offensive line how how annoying is that personally for you oh i mean not even just for me just for the team you know it's hurting the whole team but you know stuff happens especially you know it's a divisional game versus raiders so you know it's you can expect to get a little chippy but you know we gotta hold our composure a little bit better and you know so in that game five minutes or whatever it would have been before then uh didn't end up that way and so you got to deal with what you got and so you know, we got to move on 
Coach Lynn's really got the offensive uh, clicking right now. How fun is it to play in this kind of uh, in this kind of offense? I love it. I love it right now, man. Because you don't know who's going to be, you know, who's going to be going off that day. It might be the receivers. It might be us in the backfield. It might be a combination of both tight ends. And so it's exciting right now, like you said. You know, especially with Phil in the backfield. You know, we have all the trust in him, and he's got you know trust in us, which makes it makes it fun. Even then, you start winning games, and it just puts adds more to it. And back in London, you were the bell cow because. The guy who shares the locker next to you was uh, was injured. How important is it having him back as well, so you two can kind of uh, work off each other? Oh yeah, yeah, I mean he's one of the best running backs in the league right now. So anytime you know he's not in the field, you know it's definitely going to be you know a hit to our offense. So when we have him back, you know I feed off of him. I always tell him because he goes out there, sets the standard high, and you know if you're on the field, they got to stay at that standard to stay on the field. So no, it was great to have him back, and we're glad to, you know hopefully he's healthy going on. And uh, uh, Philip Rivers, he's ridiculous. Some of those sidearm throws that he's doing. Does he practice that in in practice? Uh, is that a speciality that he's been yeah. working on? Yeah, you know he does. He does actually. You know, coming in as a rookie, you know, he, people will talk about how Phil throws the ball, but you don't actually like realize it until you see it in live action. You're like, oh wow, yeah, it really is throwing the ball sidearm sometimes. But you know, he's he's creative with it and he gets it done. And by any means, if he's gonna see a scene through the old line, he might zip it right through there. You just got to be ready for it. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. I'm just going to see you next week at uh, in LA. So uh, awesome. thanks for talking awesome. to me. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. First of all, I've got to give it to you. You are Chargers decked out, head to toe. It's uh, it's impressive. Swag. That's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Color coordinating. I got this dripping ain't going on sale though. I want to ask first of all, actually. We spoke when your rookie season over the phone. You won't remember it. You do all sorts of media. But you're still playing the keyboard? Yeah, yeah, I still play. Love that. So you're still getting your music and you're still doing that as well on site? Yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, let's talk about the game today. That's now six straight for you guys. Coming into the Open Coliseum, beating a Raiders team. Admittedly, have been struggling recently, but a divisional rival. Feels like you guys are rolling. Most definitely. Um, like you said, six in a row. Uh, just feeling good in the groove. Um, you know, confidence through the roof right now. And, um, you know, just trying to keep it going. Feels like the, the best the offense has clicked, certainly since Coach Lynn's been in. What do you think's made the difference over the past five, six weeks? Uh, I think everybody's been on the same page, um, knowing what we have as a team, knowing how to work well as a team, and uh, everybody just complimenting each other. First couple of drives were tough. Phil was only two for seven. It took a little while to get going, but it kind of clicked later on. Was there something you guys changed or a look that you saw that you reacted to? I think it's just, us just getting our start. Um, I was just telling the guys I didn't even feel good the whole first quarter. Um, so I think it was just us you know, being, uh, getting in rhythm and uh, just waiting until we found our shot and then um, made, took advantage of it. Been a lot of talk this week. I've heard Philip Rivers quote as, is he the best quarterback who hasn't won a Super Bowl, considering this could be a year where you guys could go deep in the playoffs? Tell us a little bit about working with Philip Rivers, what he's like as a, as a teammate in the locker room and, and as your quarterback. Just the ultimate pro. Um, he's our leader. Uh, he puts us in the best positions on the field. And, um, you know, the way he prepares us during the week, you know, to get ready for what we're going up against is incredible. And uh, once we get out to the game, it's pretty much easy. Are you the, the, the best team in the AFC right now, considering others are stumbling a little bit? No question. Um, I mean, like I said, we just keep it going, stay consistent, and um, sky's the limit. Can you win the AFC West with those Chiefs? No question. Our Chargers chats from, uh, from the Raiders-Chargers game. Look, biggest takeaway, Chargers are a real genuine threat in the, uh, in the playoffs this year, and it kind of doesn't get harder for them in the coming weeks, whereas you look at some of the other teams, Chiefs have got a tough run in, Patriots after their collapse against the Titans, are they going to be able to get, you know, they might not get even get a bye at this point, um, considering that there are other teams, you think about the Steelers so on the surge, 
What's the other division? We've looked at the West. That's the North. South in Texans. Well, the Texans are uh, right now. We're looking like they could close them down. You know, Patriots might miss out on that top two seed now that they've lost a third game. So it's going to be fascinating to follow that through. The Raiders, uh, you know, if they're not picking number one overall, um, I'll be stunned. Yeah. Domstify. Particularly after the New York Giants picked up their second win of the season oh, in buddy. San Francisco on Monday night. A 27-23 win over the 49ers. Look, the, the, the Giants did what they had to do and Saquon Barkley ran so much better in the second half and, and was a joy to watch in the second half. He, you know, he'll he explain to Ollie why in a moment. So, yeah, there were elements to their game where they did play well and they, they got better in the secondary and there are massive holes clearly on the 49ers. They need help at defensive back desperately a killer with a spoon gave up the big PI call and gave up the touchdown and when he gave up the touchdown really threw his toys out of the pram lost it on the sideline I was in the um, I was in the 49ers uh, press conferences and then locker room after the game and Carl Shanahan was clearly incensed with his behaviour Richard Sherman had had a word with him on the field and, and Sherman talked about that in his press conference and then we asked Witherspoon about his relationship with Sherman and his, his kind of approach to it but there was a lovely moment when we, I followed Richard Sherman back into the locker room after his press conference, followed, like, walked in behind him. He went to his locker. Aguilar Witherspoon was just getting ready to talk to the assembled media, saw Sherman walked in and went over and gave him a kind of handshake, a hug, kind of apologised for his behaviour. And Sherman said, look, it was cover two. It was a blown coverage. That wasn't your fault. You just have to put it behind you, rest up come back tomorrow ready to work, which I think was absolutely the right sort of approach. And I was really impressed with Sherman overall as a, as a locker room leader. But that, actually, the, the value of his contract is a lot lower than it looked at first because the 49ers haven't got to the playoffs, so he won't get a lot of the incentives that, that he would be expecting to potentially get if we'd been a really good team this year. But just the influence he's had on those young players from that brief time spent there, I think can be really, really beneficial to the team. And I just think, from a 49ers perspective, better team over the 60 minutes, potentially, but made two big errors with the turnovers, made two big errors with with absolutely massively costly penalties at the end. And if you can't play disciplined football, you're going to lose even against good teams. Even against bad teams, sorry. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with you again. uh, This is getting weird. But I, I really enjoyed being inside the Levi's Stadium it's a great facility. Um, gutted for you, buddy, that you couldn't get your George Kittle jersey because um, he is their new star of the offense. And they'd sold out brilliantly. They hadn't thought that that might happen. Well done, guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the jersey, for a shop as large as it was, the jersey selection for a larger man was maybe a little bit uh, disappointed. Um, a little bit disappointing. So, uh, yeah, I... I <laughs> I ended up ordering a Kittle jersey online, which we'll be picking up at our Los Angeles hotel when we arrive in on Friday afternoon. And they're not taking off until we leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. But from a Giants point of view, I thought they played pretty well on defense, got the turnovers when they needed to, got a couple of stops when they needed the stops. Janoris Jenkins um, and Landon Collins, and we'll hear from Landon in a sec, both were, were really, really good. Exactly the kind of experienced guys that you need that the the 49ers could really do with Um, and then on offense Saquon Barkley he didn't run well uh, and he'll explain why but 
Eli slinging the ball to Sterling Shepard, who scored the, the, the game-winning touchdown. Odell Beckham had a really good game as well. And Evan Ingram, who seems to be recovered from his injury woes that have experienced him over the last month or so. So their offense is now looking far more complete. And the way that Eli is being managed by Shermer and not throwing the ball, slinging the ball miles downfield, but finding the holes, finding the gaps with that talented set of receiving options, um, they're looking a better team. I still think his arm didn't look up to the... Like he still very rarely threw yeah. past the sticks. Uh, most of the, the kind of big plays tended to be off dump-offs, off screens. But it, what, I think what was interesting is that actually when you compared Eli Manning to Philip Rivers, obviously two players who, thanks to what happened in their draft, are intrinsically linked for their entire career. But when you compare the two, watching them over the two nights, the use of... The, the, the check down tends to be a dirty word in the NFL. I think check down and dump off should be considered two very different things to me because check downs can be used if done in timing and if part of the genuine part of the play as a way of, you know, setting up wide receiver screens, uh, setting up kind of misdirection screens, that, all that sort of stuff that they can do with it. And you saw Philip Rivers do to real effect. And then actually the, the the Giants, for the first time in a while, I saw, did a couple of those to Saquon Barkley. But too often when they check the ball down, it's because, oh, I've gone through four reads. There's nothing there, but I've been holding on to the ball for ages now. So I'm going to check it down, but we're probably going to... We saw lost yardage on checkdowns from both teams yeah. far, far too often. Um, yeah, I still think Eli is a problem. Yeah, he may very well be. I, I'm not sure that he'll be there next year. Maybe I think he's got at least one year left on his contract. Maybe he will return and they end up getting a, a far better QB in the 2020 draft rather than what's coming up in the 2019 draft. But let's hear from Saquon Barkley and Landon Collins. I'm here with uh, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants running back. A, a W, a big win for you guys. Yeah, definitely a big win. Um, you know, some some that we needed. Uh, definitely, you know, struggled to, to finish out those games early in the season, but uh, we was able to get that done. And um, you know, you learn from those games in the past and learn from adversity. And uh, you know, you, you can't look too far in the future, but continue to just believe in each other. And um, you never know how this thing can turn out. Talk me through that big thirty-one yard reception, traversing the field, getting out of bounds as well, but it set up the game-winning touchdown. Uh, yeah, you know, in, in those plays, um, in those moments, you know, you, you want to be special. You want to try to make plays. I'm, I'm upset with myself. I didn't score, uh, but I'll be selfish to say that. Um, but that's just my competitive nature of, you know, wanting to, you know, be that be that guy and finish it for the team. But Shep made a great play on the next play, and you know, that's that's what football is about. It's a team sport. It's a 11 man sport, and um, you know, the, the coach made a great call. Um, Eli made a great play, and uh, I was able to get us down in that that red zone, and Shep finished it off for us. And you know, that's that's where we gotta continue. To, to continue to do at the team is continue to make plays. Personally, you uh, you did pretty well actually in, in picking up some of the blitzes and things like that. And um, is that a side of your game that you're looking to improve day on day? Yeah, definitely continue to improve. You know, being a young back, uh, every part of my game, you know, uh, I want to improve. That, that's just how I am. I'm passionate about this game. I'm, I'm competitor. Um, you know, I want to be great. And being great, is, you know, you got to go through some stuff. You got to make mistakes. You got to learn from it. And you got to continue to get better. But um, today, this week uh, was probably my, one of my best pass pros I had. Um, and you know, but now next week got to be better. And I. I gotta be better for my team and um, all phases of the game, whether it's passing, catching, and running the ball, and uh, try to be a lead back and try to be a uh, do it all back. You struggled a little bit on the ground. What did, 
What do you put that down to? Um, you know, that's just, you know, I got to blame myself there. Um, you know, I had two sets of cleats maybe I think I had like three actually just in case um and you know I, I felt so like you slip one time as yeah, well yeah I slipped a couple times um felt felt pretty good in warm-ups and in pre-game so I wasn't really worried about it but you know when you're in the game and you're adrenaline pumping you just try to make plays you especially when you get outside your frame you, you slip so easy so I uh, just changed my cleats um that had different bottoms uh thank god Nike Nike's is amazing with those stuff like that and uh, was able to to keep my feeding and and like you said the, the last play that I had um was big um was Able, because of cleats, I was able to have that my footing and make that cut back. Um, if I would have early in the game, I probably would have slipped. So um, continue to grow there, and that's that's what being a pro. You know, I got filled with grass out better in that in, in that area. Nine and seven is a possibility. Odell was coming and running in. He's screaming nine and seven. Just spoken to Landon, and he's like, "We can run the table." That's still in your mind's eye, right? Uh, yes, you know, you definitely got to believe in each other, and it's all possible. Anything's possible, um, but. Uh, I'm, I know I'm a young player, but uh, I play football for a little bit, and I know that you know you got to take it one day at a time, um, one day at a time, one game at a time. And, um, but anything's possible, and if we continue to believe in each other and take it one day at a time, you never know what can happen. With Landon Collins, New York Giants, great win for you guys today. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, you had a monster day, nine tackles, um, swarming all over the place, led the team in tackles. Brilliant day for you personally. I oh, mean, I just try to do whatever I can do to help the team win, man. Um, I didn't know I had nine tackles, but <laughs> I just know I made some plays to try to get the team in the best situation every so we can win. And it's uh, some excellent stuff from you guys to restrict them for to 23 points. When it came down to that final drive, um, was it ever was there ever any doubt in your mind that you'd you'd pull through? Uh, there was no doubt in my mind. Yeah, we uh, we knew we had the game in our hands. Um, we like as a defense, we like that kind of pressure, and we knew we had to make them throw the ball and make them march the whole field. So it was. Um, we had all the confidence in the world to make those plays. Do you see yourself as a leader of this uh, this defense and that secondary? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, um, I look up to my guys. My guys look up to me. We always on the same page. We have great communication. Yeah, I think I definitely think so. And the offense as well. I, I don't. I know you guys don't like talking too much about the offense, but they they did their job too today. Yeah, they did. They, they did an awesome job. They kept us in the game. Um, they moved the ball downfield, put points on the board, and all we had to do was stop them from scoring. And that's what we did. And we all came out with a W. Another warm weather game next week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, how are you looking forward to that one? Uh, just taking it day by day right now. We got Tampa Bay. We're gonna come in um, probably tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, do some film work, watch them. Uh, we know they got a talented offense. They got a lot of weapons. Um, good two, good two, good quarterbacks. They're rotating in and out yet right now. They had some downfalls, but we know um, they could pick it back up any day. So we're gonna definitely keep an eye out on them. Two and seven. You guys don't think you're you're out of it yet, do you? Not at all. You said you heard what Odell say. You're running, make a nine and seven run. It's, it's always possible. Like you say, they gave us one percent chance to win to get in the playoffs. I mean, I, I take it. Run that table, yeah. Yeah, run the table. Saquon Barkley, Landon Collins. Uh, yeah, you mentioned about Saquon Barkley's cleats. I thought that was really interesting. And, and two great interviews, Birdie Pal. Thanks, big guy. I, um, I'm bringing you no audio from the 49ers locker room because uh, I was too devastated to actually ask questions. And is the, you're 100% right to feel <laughs> devastated and expect nothing from the Packers from me uh, if we lose. Uh, that's fair. Let's talk about that game then. Tonight, Thursday night football, Packers at Seahawks. Uh, a... A rivalry which over recent years has really blossomed, particularly games, it seems, in CenturyLink, of real importance. Obviously, the 2014 NFC Championship game will always be one that sticks out in the memory. Uh, even the volley desperately, desperately doesn't want it to be. But 
you look still the same head coaches, still the same quarterbacks, but right now these two teams entering with a 4-4 and 1 record and a 4 and 5 record in the NFC, if you want that second wild card, you might need 10 and 6 this season. So we're going to use an old cliche, it's must win tonight for both of these teams and I think you've got basically it's it's a it's a case of huge amounts of talent, not great coaching versus Pretty good coaching with not huge amounts of talent and a home crowd to die for. So it's which you think will come out with the talent shine or will the coaching shine? Under the lights as well. Um, Packers needed that victory on Sunday night, well, Sunday afternoon. The guy, the one that um, Sherry and the guys and Clancy were, were at, at Lambeau. A, a, pretty, a pretty good performance. Aaron Jones, who knew he was going to be the answer? But with the... The defeats for Carolina, for Atlanta, uh, Washington going backwards, the Eagles still not the complete and real deal. That Those wildcard places are 100% up for grabs. And you're right that this is almost season-defining, this game. Lose it, that you're, you're behind on tiebreakers, you're behind on the schedule, on, on, on your records. Win it. You've got those tiebreakers. You've got the momentum to push through. Green Bay haven't won a game away from home yet. Okay, the the teams they've played, Washington when Washington will look good. The the um, the Patriots, the, the Aaron Jones fumble really messed them up, and then he who must not be named, uh, stuffing it up for the Rams game. Um, I'm, there's another one in there as well. But I, I, I can't get it. I can't bring it up to mind. So this game is is absolutely massive. I think I think um, the Packers will maybe just about scrape through. If it was in Lambeau, you would say it's a, a Packers win all the way. I think we have two teams who believe they're better than their record indicates. Yes. The, the Packers had a late lead against the Rams, which they ended up giving up. They went into the fourth quarter against the, the Patriots on top and driving. But, you know, we obviously know the two plays that really swung those two games uh, against Green Bay. Whereas all five of Seattle's losses have come by one score. These are two teams with a, a bit of luck breaking their way. I mean, they're not going to be the two nine and one teams we're seeing going to head on Monday, but easily could be coming into this game. Six and three, seven and two, if things had broken their way more. These are really interesting game for Russell Wilson in particular because the Packers really defense has really stood up the last couple of weeks um, and really uh, been you know accountable and then again against what we had the was it the Dolphins last weekend, the game that the guys were at uh, with Matt Sherry and, and those guys um, in fact we, we could probably hear from Matt Sherry here telling us exactly what he thought of the Packers and that game last weekend Why well, man. Hey, well, apologise in advance for some background noise. I'm in Chicago airport and uh, like to tell people where flights are going here. Um, obviously checking in from Chicago because we were at Lambeau Field last night, as I'm sure anybody who follows the gridiron social media fields will know. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the game. I mean, you know, I've been clearly drinking too much of the Simon Clancy Kool-Aid, but I mean, that Dolphins team is decimated by injuries. It's... The fact that they're even competitive in these games is, is a minor miracle, to be honest, and I do give them some credit for that. Um, I also credit a lot of that to the Packers, who, who just do not look right to me. I'm going to be fascinated to see how they look on Thursday night 
in Seattle at the game you guys are at. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing well. I actually don't think Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady are playing well at the moment. I find it fascinating that you know, we had that build as who's the best quarterback in the NFL game last week. Well, the best quarterbacks in the NFL at the moment are probably Drew Brees, Philip Rivers and Pat Mahomes. It feels like, certainly with the first two of those guys, that you know, it's funny we're talking about two older guys in Brady and Rodgers and actually it's, it's two different older guys who are, who are starring in the NFL at the moment. And yeah, watching Rodgers two weeks in a row, I said to say, I mean, I just get the feeling that you know, this is a guy who's a little bit sick of, of the situation in Green Bay and, and just, just the kind of farce that is that offence that's really predictable and, and you know, it's very easy to defend, far too easy to defend given its quarterback by, by such a great player. Um, and that was the case yesterday. I mean, the Dolphins shot themselves in the foot a little bit in this game. I wouldn't say that the Packers went out and won it. I would say the, the, the Dolphins lost it. And, and frankly, midway through the third quarter, the Dolphins were right in that game. And, and that, to me, is, a, is, is an indictment on Green Bay. At home, in a game that really they needed to win. And, you know, in the end, it's a comfortable scoreline. It's a, it's a, it's a near 20-point victory. And, and, you know, it looks good from the outside. But actually, you watch that game closely, I'm not so sure it was that convincing. So... Fascinated to see what what Green Bay look like against the Seattle team that you know I think is a, I think frankly is a little bit ahead in their rebuild than the thought that we're going to be. They've lost really close games against real good teams in the last two weeks, both Los Angeles teams, and and that should be a fascinating game. You boys enjoy that one. The atmosphere should be amazing. Um, as for for Green Bay itself, what a place. I mean, you know. It's, it's really everything that you expect it to be at the whole town. It's, it's incredible. I mean, we're, we're actually devoting pretty much a whole magazine to the Green Bay Packers next month. Uh, it's their 100th season, so that's why we're doing that. And that was always the plan anyway. But when you get into that place, I mean, it's so special. It's like, like no other NFL city. I spoke to, spoke to a, a few of the players about that because I'm, I'm putting a little, a little piece together. And... Um, yeah, so there's there's a little bit of Mason Crosby here, and we'll we'll cut to that now, and and just just get a feel for for what it's like to play in such a historic football city. First time in Green Bay. Great, welcome. Um, I wonder, as someone who's played for the team for a long time, what's it like playing for this team in this town? Because I mean, I've just been flabbergasted today by how the the whole t- it's like a college town, isn't oh, yeah. it? Almost build around the Packers. What's that like to play for? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, every day, you know, every game when you drive in, you just see the tailgaters. I mean, they're here yeah. early, ready to go. Uh, whether it's you know five degrees or uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, so yeah, it's a, it's a special place, and they really they really you know take pride in the fact that uh, we're their team and that uh, uh, that they technically through you know taxes and different things they have ownership because yeah. there is not a uh, defined ownership there. So uh, yeah, the people the people our fans are great, and uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's better fans in, in, in the whole NFL. And then the the kind of word word of history feels like it will be strong here. I mean, Title Town is plastered literally all over the town it feels like with everything that's gone before you guys it's a, it's a pressurized spot to, especially as a kicker a, a guy who you know you've made some big kicks with James on the line that's, that must be difficult yeah you know and obviously uh, I mean you walked in the hall to the locker room you saw all that history every time we walk in this building we're just hit with what has come before us and, and there is uh, you know not pressure but uh, you know there's there's an ex- you know, expectation to uh, honor that history and, uh, and we need to carry it forward and uh, kind of make our own so uh yeah it's it's special i don't feel any added pressure because 
because of it. Uh, you know, I embrace it and enjoy it. And um, you know, this is a football town. It's a football community that uh, you know this is important to a lot of people, and uh, we we try to you know try to honor that every time we step on the field. And then even now, as a guy who's been here for a, for a long time, do you still pinch yourself when you walk on when you walk onto that field and think about the the great games, the great players, the great moments? I do. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's special. Every time, uh, every time we get to run out of that tunnel and uh, you know just out in the Lambeau and the, you know, the the field and the you know the the crowd and it's still bleacher seats, you yeah, yeah. know, and just uh, you know the, the whole experience is special and uh, yeah, especially you know games like this where unfortunately I'm used to you know 30 degree temperatures, so it's like Absolutely. it wasn't that bad out there. So uh, you know that that kind of thing, just uh, you know that's how the game is supposed to be played and that's how they know it here and uh, yeah, I think it gives you chills every time you run. It out. feels a little bit more. Rail and yeah, and kind of yeah, and you know, and you know, other other teams that come here uh, feel the same way. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you know, people are excited and they have a lot of energy when they come in because they yeah, you get a lot of the same play. Or, yeah, so they, that, yeah, they they enjoy a lot of young guys. It's their first time playing in Lambeau and they they're excited to come in and play against us and uh, they'll get to experience this. So yeah, it's kind of one of those. It's a, it's become a destination that uh, yeah. a lot of people just want to come and see what it's about. So that was Mason Crosby there, and I mean, spoke to a few of the other guys as well. David Bakhtiari, you know the vibe was very similar from all of those guys. It was, it was that this is a college town basically. This is a team built around the Packers. It's a, it's it's a, it's the only show in town. The Packers. I mean, it's not just the biggest show. It's the only show, and you can see that in the city. I mean, title towns plastered all over the town, and and it's just it's just an unbelievable place. I mean, we you do a little three mile heritage trail tour, and it uh, it takes you around various sites from their original stadium to where Kelly Lambeau was born and I mean Ollie, you in particular man you, I know you've been before but you need to get there on a game day because the tailgating's awesome, just a wonderful vibe in the city, very friendly people um, so yeah that was awesome um, Aaron Rodgers was great actually, I mean we I, I'm sure you, Simon had mentioned to you guys but I mean Simon had, had asked him some questions in the presses the last couple of weeks and Rogers came back into the locker room, spotted us across the room all four of us and actually came and introduced himself, asked about the trip and I mean I've been around some superstar athletes in my time in the, doing all this NFL stuff, I've covered Olympic Games, I've covered Premier League football, you know, I've done a lot of a lot of cool stuff, but I've never ever seen that from from an, from an athlete of any standard, but certainly not one who is, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. And I mean he spent two, three minutes chatting to us, really, really nice guy and you know, it's interesting because a lot of the stories I've heard about Rogers in the past have, uh, have not always been that complimentary, but judging from, from our own experiences, he seems like a good guy. And, and, and it just makes you want, I mean, I'm no Packers fan, but I've, I've been as frustrated as anyone the last two years watching that team because they just doesn't feel like they're utilising their window with such a great quarterback. And, you know, meeting him and, and, and him doing that, it makes me root for him a little bit more. And I really hope that, I really hope that, that Green Bay figure it out and, and probably need to fire Mike McCarthy for that to happen and, and let's hope next year Green Bay under new leadership bring title number 14 which I now know it would be having had 13 plastered into my brain yesterday from, from the whole city to that town because you know it's, it's like no other town it's like no other town and it's like no other team and, and Ollie you, you made a good choice there because it does take you in that in that place that, that magicalness that magic and, and that obviously the way they're owned by the, the town and stuff, it's, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, it's been a great trip and I'll, um, 
know you guys rarely on yours now and I, I really hope you guys enjoy it as well um, and have as much fun on that as we've had on that. Thanks guys and I'm sure I'll be on soon. Matt Sherry with his thoughts from, from last weekend but the reason I mentioned about Russell Wilson and the defence before that was I, I think Russell Wilson is um, when he his first three years of his career when they really built around the fact that they had such a cheap quarterback and could bring in great free agents on defence and no, don't get me wrong he had a huge amount to do with those you know he has a massive success a 66% win rate in his career you know he's an impressive impressive player um, but really in those first three seasons he had statement victories three consecutive seasons against the Packers 2012 to 2014 if he can drag this team to five and five with a win over the Packers and with you know the team the cupcakes in their division still to come and can can drag them into a wildcard place despite the fact they've lost Earl Thomas and Can Chancellor and all the players on that line and everything else that's been missing from there it would be absolutely huge for him. I, I think we've got a really exciting game tonight. I think it's almost too close to call. I think the Packers' talent will shine through and I think we'll see their first win on the road of the season and then pushing towards a wildcard place. I hope so, buddy. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Uh, of course, of course. And there's a lot of guys on our trip that there's um, quite a few quite a few Steve quite a few Seahawks fans I think some of the neutrals are, are pulling for the Packers I just want a really good game it's, just, it's a boring cliche but just a really good Thursday night loud game it's going to be nice and mild so hopefully no rain as well so yeah in a great city Let's have a great game. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait for tonight. Went out in Seattle last night. Good night out. Saw a hillbilly punk rock rockabilly type band with a violinist, double bassist, both female, both absolutely killing it. Uh, A a lead singer who, Ollie claims he didn't see it. I'm going to get some photos out. Honestly, he looked like if Aaron Rodgers, after retiring from the NFL, grows a three foot long white beard... That's what he would look like. I'm not having it. I will show you pictures that will make yeah. you feel differently. You were too. You say you're not having it. You were far too busy flirting with ladies at the pinball machine. No flirting. I was just chatting. Oh, just like chatting. Flirting from where was, I was. It was. If anyone's seen on my Instagram story, they will see that it was clearly flirting. Well, no, cha- no flirting. Just chatting. It was Graham Malcolm that managed to uh, get to, a number to get the old numbers, the get the old digits flowing. So well done, Graham. Uh, good work, buddy. Uh, right. Let's. Uh, we'll, we'll round off the podcast by hearing from Jacob from. Sky bet, but before that, Ollie, any final thoughts, buddy? No. Breakfast? Yeah, let's get breakfast. Let's go get some breakfast. Cheers. Bye. So time to take a look now at the latest uh, odds with our friends at Sky Bet. Uh, looking forward to Thursday night football and the Super Bowl odds. Jacob, a uh, very, well, good morning to you from where we are. Good afternoon, I guess, where you are uh, ready and hyped for a really good Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah, good after- yeah afternoon for me, for sure. <laughs> Sounds like it's very early morning for you guys. Yeah, looking forward to Thursday night. I think we've had some up and down Thursday night fixtures. We had some good ones to start off with, then they got not so good. I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a good fixture. So before we get to that, let's take a look at the Super Bowl odds because I, I'm intrigued as to how the last weekend's players affected them. But also, I, I think that there's a really interesting dichotomy at the moment with moving that Rams-Chiefs game back to LA almost boosts the Rams' chances in my mind of winning that game and therefore better seeding in the NFC over the Saints and then suddenly you're you're flying to the Super Bowl. So I've suddenly got the Rams back in mind again. Yeah, the Rams are still the favourite. They sat 7-2. to 
you're right. Moving the game does does favour them. They've shortened. They were eight to eleven for that game. They're now four to seven, I believe. So it's it's been a big move getting that home game back, and it does favour them. If you know this is a big game for them, if they can get the win here, the Bears are probably the only tough game left on their schedule. So. They could get a very good seed, and then that puts them in the driving spot, getting through to the Super Bowl. But another team on a roll is the Saints. They're now four to one. They just on an absolute roll. When they beat the Rams, they're looking like very unstoppable on offense. So they're one to look out at. The Chiefs, the other team we mentioned in the Monday night game, they're five to one. They've shortened a fair bit, and that's not just on their performance, but also. <laughs> The big upset of the weekend was the Patriots-Titans game. So that's pushed the, the Patriots out now to 13-2, to which obviously favours the Chiefs. Oh, any time that the Patriots get pushed out in the odds, I start to get tempted to take them, though. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> let's look forward to Thursday night then. At Seahawks back as we're going to be there at CenturyLink Field. I cannot wait. The fact that this game has gone from being already a great game on paper to suddenly having the significance that it has for both of these squads is just, it's mouth-watering. Yeah, I think this is a massive game for the playoff chase. They're both sat in that, right in that chasing pack. I think the Packers are currently kind of the number seven seed and the Seattle are the number nine. So they're right close there. I think Green Bay, they've had their two tough losses to the Patriots and to the Rams where they really came out of those games probably feeling like they had a chance to win them and if they had done they'd be sat at the top of the division in the number three seed so I think if they continue those performances they've got a great chance to make the playoffs and then same with Seattle they've they're right in that pack there was a bit of hype of them saying oh maybe they could come in they've had two again tough losses both to the Rams but if those performances you, you look at them and think they possibly could still be a playoff team Let's um, on that very point. Let's take a look at my request a bit for Thursday night football because right now I, I really I fancy the Packers for Thursday. Hearing Aaron Rodgers the way he talked about the the changing of the the secondary there, but how simple the looks tend to be. I think Pete Carroll will try to throw something different at him, but. Rogers was fantastic this past weekend so I, I fancy their offence to get going Aaron Jones they're finally riding him he had 15 touches this past weekend looked really good so I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers for 250 or more passing yards Aaron Jones for 75 or more rushing yards and to score a TD all of that of course in a Packers win yeah so that's up at 9-1 to one now I think the, the key for the Seahawks will be can they get back to stopping the run they had two rough games where they let Gurley go for 120, they let Gordon go for 113 and let them both score. So I think 75 yards for Aaron Jones doesn't doesn't seem like a massive ask. And if this is going to be the kind of tight game we're expecting, then the ball will be in Aaron Rodgers' hands and he, t- tends, to like, he tends to be able to do his thing whenever he wants. Mm. All right. Nine to one. I'm happy with that. Good stuff. Um, uh, have we got a request a bet offer on as usual? Yep. Every Thursday night we've got the request a bet offer. So if you spend ten pounds on request a bet markets on the Packers Seahawks game, you get five pound free bet to spend on any NFL market you like. And you had another touchdown treble winner come in this weekend. Yes, we did the nine pm treble one this weekend. So that was Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Devonte Adams all to score. Uh, that was at eleven to four, and that came in. So that I make that eight winners in ten weeks. So they've got wow. a pretty good record at the moment. 
and next Thursday with it being Thanksgiving and us having three games we're going to throw an extra touchdown treble at you so listening next week I'll let you know what the players are and the prices perfect stuff Jacob always a pleasure do remember over 18s only terms and conditions at skybet.com and please gamble responsibly 